Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Running Things Considered. And before we get into the episode, uh, I just want to say a few words in the state of track and field right now. Uh, it's really never been tougher to be a fan. Um, and what I mean by that is this: these past few days, the uh, the women's 10K world record went down not once but twice. And the first time, I had no idea it was even happening. And the time would be like All-American in the 10K on the men's men's side. Unreal. Incredible. Okay. And then what made it even tougher to be a track fan is that that same record went down two days later in the sa- in like Netherlands. It was like Gosglog, Me- Netherlands. No idea it was happening. The 10K record went down again. Okay. That doesn't make any sense. I can't even wrap my head around it. I mean, I'm happy it happened. Record should go down. That's an exciting thing. But, you know, I'm like a, I'm like a deer staring into the headlights of records, of, of going through my Instagram feed. And not only that, but this... This high schooler um, broke the 1,500-meter high school record in a time that would break the collegiate record, a record that attempts go down by some of the best athletes in the world year after year. And this kid looks like he would be younger than he is. You know, it's not like an insane specimen. He looks, like, he looks like he'd bring a Nintendo Switch out to dinner with him. You know, it, 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 it's nuts. Okay. So again... That doesn't make any sense. Okay, sure, he, he's been good. You know, he ran 420 last year and rock climbed the year before and somehow has a record. Doesn't make any sense. Incredible, though. Um, on, on that note, I just wanted to you know, express my feelings. My heart goes out to all the track fans out there who have no idea what's happening. I'm with you. And here's the episode. Because we have one of the best personalities in track and field, although, you know, he doesn't really post do, uh, too much on social media, not volume-wise, but... After doing research, listening to some podcasts, this guy, this guy is great. I'm really excited to have him on. He's a Nike athlete. He runs 335 in the 1500, 13.05 in the 5K, 27.22 in the 10K. That's 13.41, 5K twice. He's a world qualifier, multiple time New Hampshire state champs, and has won a bunch of famous miles. Eric Jenkins, boys and girls, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, I guess first off, a little small talk. How's training been going? Uh, training's been going great. Yeah, I've been up in Flagstaff um, for the last month or so. And uh, yeah, I'm just stacking weeks. on. So, top is, so it's just like a big training camp up to the trials? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been able to get out and race a few times. Um, That's true. That's so, true. You did some 15s? Yeah. Yep, did some 15s before this, this past 5K. Um, so yeah, things have been, I'm, I'm really, really happy with how they've gone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and so are, are there any teammates with you in Flagstaff? Is the whole, is the whole crew no. there? The, f- f- the, the, you know, Craig and Donovan, I'm actually here with Suguru's up here. So I, I see. Him. Oh, okay. But Craig and Don are back in Portland. Um, you know, those guys, they can't handle the, they can't handle no. the elevation, I guess. They can't handle, they can't take the heat. So mm-hmm. you gotta get out the kitchen, you know, no, Craig, no, for sure. <laughs> absolutely. Do, do you do many yeah. workouts with those boys? Yeah, I mean, I can, we can, you know, link up for the 15 stuff and for the general strength stuff, but a lot of times just with the nature of our events and stuff, Yeah. Um, especially when it comes down to like the race time, I don't link up with them too much, but it's always, it's a ton of fun when we do. Have you ever done like, like a fast 200, like the end of practice, like with Donovan and Craig? No, see, no, no. I mean, I'll do it some with Craig, not Donovan. Okay. Okay. Cause I've heard rumors. He like can like break like 21, you know, sometimes in practice and some stuff. 
I mean, Donovan can really do any, like he just runs these ridiculous times um, that man makes it look, you know, easy. Um, Craig, Craig, Craig runs with them for the 200 sometimes you know, he, you know, Donovan takes it easy on him, but Craig still, you know, Craig's fast as hell. So yeah, he, he can is. pull he his is. own. But when you throw me in with those guys, you know, I'm, they're a lot faster than me, which is good. You know, <laughs> I love working out with them, but Absolutely. you know, they can, they can torch me. Absolutely. Well, before we get into the fun part of the podcast, we have a, a speed round. Little session. Oh, okay. So it's pretty wow. self-explanatory. You know, you're, you ever yeah. done a speed round before? No, but I think I can get, I think I got, like probably know how to do it. You're, yeah. So it's just, you know, I say some first thing that comes to your head. Okay. And we got, we got music in the background. You can't hear it right now. I'm going to edit it in, but you know, just got imagine yeah. it's really dramatic. You know what I mean? It, it is pretty dramatic. I'm nervous as shit. <laughs> yeah. You look nervous. You're shaking right now, man. <laughs> 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 all right cue the music you ready yeah farthest you ever ran 22 post-race dinner pizza have you ever been to china no just wondering your official 400 meter PRBR on mile split is 69 seconds was that on purpose 69 um no i have no idea what goes on in, on mile split um but i i do you think I've gone faster? I, I, I can't prove it. You can't prove <laughs> yeah. it. Miles Split says it's 69 seconds. Then I guess it is. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get that down, though. <laughs> or don't, honestly, or don't. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> How close is the nearest Arby's to you right now? Um, Probably a mile. Good answer. What's the hardest race you've ever ran? Um, The Market Square Day 10K. Um. 2008 or 2009 market square 10k yeah oh yeah that sounds like an easy race just off the top honestly <laughs> no honestly like that sounds looking black. back it was it was brutal i i was in over my head on that one <laughs> wow okay i'll take your word for it yeah do you have any good airplane stories um you know i was told I, to ask this oh yeah i mean i've i uh i've got some you know i sat next to one uh it's not really a great story i don't know who told you to ask this question someone <laughs> well, trying to get me, someone just, trying give, to get me, me in trouble. give me something um i don't know i sat next to this guy i was in the the, the uh, window seat mm -hmm. he was in the middle seat he got hammer drunk he was um and he was you know he was really trying to go go for it um he was talking about he, he was one of the guys if you googled his name he was um arrested and he was on the bachelor that was like his claim to fame he's like really Google my name you'll see my mugshot <laughs> yeah um but uh eventually no he was a bit of a problem um he had to get flight attendants had to you know cut him off he was for a second wow. I'm like, I'm about to have to throw hands with this guy <laughs> in the middle of an airplane dude in the middle of an airplane the I, i've kind of had a similar situation except the person sitting next to me was a baby so you, know. <laughs> you should have knocked that baby out. i should have yeah seriously. yeah they, uh, we, i cut him off quick you know i was like hey no more for this guy no yeah seriously guy. like this guy's a fucking problem yeah <laughs> why don't you have a podcast uh, i've been thinking about starting one the truth be told um but you know it's the, the hardest part is just starting it i guess that's true that's true yeah the rumor is, is that you like to roughhouse. Is there any distance runner you wouldn't mess with? Um, 
you know, I mean, as far as distance runners goes, they're they're pretty small. I, know, I you, that's what I'm thinking. You know, it's like I mean, you gotta start working down towards the sprinters to start like <laughs> yeah. guys you don't want to mess with. But I mean, if if we consider 800 the distance, then I mean, there's a, b- a bunch of guys. But yeah, you know, see, not, see, now up, you're, we can now take you're talking, but. Look, yeah. I, I just like my odds in the 110-pound weight class. It's be cold. <laughs> it's just so, a skill sport, you know. It's it's yeah. No, I, but yeah, I I you know I'm not afraid to to get a few beers in me and and get my hands on you. Let's just say that. Let's just um, say that. So for all those not, listening, you know, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's just fun. It's 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 friendly, just competition. I love. You see, I I I grew up with uh, just a uh, just a sister, just one older sister, and so yeah. I never learned the fundamentals of just wrestling and roughhousing. Yeah, so see, ha- anyone can take me down. It's tough. I'm I'm top heavy, you know. Yeah. I don't got the skills like you. You don't got the low center of gravity. Mm-mm. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm 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 one of six, one of six, second oldest. So I was just oh, yeah. Beating, so I you was hustle. I was just beating the hell out of younger siblings my whole life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's gotten you pretty far. What's your yeah. number one sleeper pick for making the Olympics this year? Ooh, great, great question. Um, man, the, I got to say the 1500, men's 1500 is Anybody's crazy. Race. Is, yeah, you know, you got obviously the, the heavy hitters in Centro looking fantastic. Craig's looking fantastic. But then all, but everybody looks, you know, these guys are running crazy fast. These college guys are, you know, serious, serious threats. Um, you know, you gotta think a guy like Cole Hawker, you know, if he comes in fresh, he's, a, he's, a, he, you know, he's solid. He's, he's solid. solid. The, 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 you know, I really think the hardest part is that they the NCAA schedule is just so, is so hard, you know, right, to, to have. And with the way that these guys run every single 15, every single one is 337, 338. It's crazy. So they might be, they might be a little tired, but if they can stay fresh, you know, those guys are, are big. And even yeah, Cooper, yeah. And Cooper in the 5K, you never know. It's Cooper in the 5K, I could see. The thing about the college runners is they have to peak like a hundred times a year, right? Yeah. So they've got to be. It's they've they've been running really hard, you know, for a while now. And well, uh, yeah. And, yeah, and very well. And so yeah. maybe they can keep it going. Um, you know, the again the uh, the the trials are multiple races for those guys, so it, it does add up. For sure. For but, sure. Yeah. It's exciting. What's the tallest building in the world? Um, is it the one in Dubai? Do you got a name for it? Um, I, I, I honestly don't. But you're I right. Do. You're pretty uh, much yeah. right. Burj Khalifa. That's it. I actually did know that. God damn it! <laughs> you should have. I thought that was the easiest one here. All right, oh, wow. maybe you got redemption. Easy. We got some that's redemption in this one. next one. Oh, that's the easy ones. I'm screwed, dude. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. You got some redemption here. Okay. What's the smallest building in the world? Oh, gee. Um, <laughs> smallest building. That's I, a, that's I, I don't think there's an answer for this. Yeah, I, I just thought it'd be funny to follow up. I'm like, what's that even mean? I don't know. I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm know. in right now. <laughs> that might. I mean, I couldn't prove it. I, I don't know. I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah exactly. I'm, I'm sitting in a dollhouse right now. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> last, we ask, I don't know how this tradition got started, but we ask every single guest this. It's a phenomenal question. What is your favorite apple? 
Oh, this is such a good question. <laughs> um, so I eat a lot of gala apples. There's something That's a about pick. there's something about galas that have uh, I remember like in childhood eating a, a gala apple at a friend's house and being like, "Holy shit, what am I eating right now?" <laughs> and my and my friend's mom was like, "It's a gala apple." And ever since then, I'm like, "I'll never." I'm a gala apple guy. Because I mean, but, just like. The branding on Gala apples is pretty much next level, you know. Yeah, they, they oh, yeah. come in these small little little bite-sized apples. You don't get tired of them. They're not very often mealy, you know. And and the meal and the mealiness is quite possibly and not quite possibly it is. It's the worst part of an apple. Absolutely. You know, like I don't. I honestly don't care. Like, obviously, you want the sweetness. You want all of that. But the texture I'm looking for is more important than make that. or break. Make, Make or, break. or break. So galas always have that nice shine to them when you're looking through the grocery store that looks like it's a firm crisp apple. <laughs> now, also I'm a big honey crisp guy when when the time is right. We're getting, now we're getting a little mealy. Those can those exactly, aren't ripe for as long. Exactly, they're not as consistently ripe no. as a as a a gala. I think I think maybe the, the one most comparable to a gala would be a Fuji. Absolutely. Um, and so I and so I do naturally tend to find myself enjoying a Fuji a good amount from time to time, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I really I mean number one I'd say Gala, but Fuji, uh, you know Honeycrisp Macintosh you can't deny anything but a Granny Smith honestly. You're anti-green. You're not a green guy. I'm truly not, and um, I remember. Back. I remember a lot of times growing up, and my mom would get the Granny Smith, and I'm like, "What? The, who the hell in this household is eating Granny Smith apples?" Because <laughs> they're like the size of softballs, you know. They're, it's like you gotta like think about it's, it if you're gonna eat one, you know. <laughs> and they're dead, and they they really are tart. I mean, I said I didn't like, I didn't really care about sweetness or tartness. I do when when it comes to Granny Smith because they're they really do have some bite to them. <laughs> That was by far the best answer we've ever had in running things considered. Oh, right, good, yeah. Most people, most people just good say question. like a color, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was flames. Well, perfect. Perfect, good. perfect. Well, before we get into the juice of the podcast, I want to say for all those listening, okay, if you're listening to this on a run, if you're listening to this while driving, I want you to stop what you're doing right now. Take your hands off the wheel and pull out your phone. Go to wherever you get your podcasts. And if it's Apple Music, go to us, go to our podcast and rate us five stars and write something nice. Write something that makes people want to listen to our podcast. If you give us four stars, you will be getting a DM. If you give us three stars, I might quit the podcast, okay? We only take five stars in the rating system. And if Zane would hear, and if, uh, if Zane was here, he would give you a piece of his mind, but he's not. So I'm just here to tell you. Give us a five-star review if you know what's good for you. Thank you. Good. Well, that was good. That was a good ad. Business. Yeah, yeah, I had to handle some business. You know, we don't, yeah. we don't play around here running things. No, I could see. Absolutely. Well, and uh, one more plug. The number is uh, to call in every, at the end of every episode. You know, we answer a user question. The, the number is 646-780-9218. So call, text, anything, whatever. But now we're going to get into it. That's enough. That's enough. Uh, I don't know. That's enough business there. <sighs> So if you haven't listened to this podcast before, kind of how it goes is we have five trivia questions that somehow do with Eric Jenkins' life, okay? And the answer somehow has to do with you. And okay. if you're unsure, just say the first thing that comes to your head. And most of the time, that's correct. 
Okay. This first one's pretty easy if you've been paying attention to anything. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Both the fastest and second fastest miles ever ran in the NCAA were in the same race by two athletes on the same team. What team was this? An extra credit. Who were the athletes? Um, is it Cole Hawker and Cooper Tier? Yup. Yup. Okay. That's a layup. That's a layup. Nailed it. Yeah. Of Team Oregon. The reason I bring that up and how this has to do with you is you were kind of like, you know, like the OG. You had the OG Oregon rivalry in a sense of two guys who were basically untouchable. You and King Chez back in the day. I think it was this like mm-hmm. 2014, 2015. Yeah. The big years. Yeah. Um, yeah, big years. And so, I mean, this has been exciting to watch now, but yeah, uh, I want to I want to bring this back. Kind of, kind of, how was was that at uh at practice? Because I've I've heard rumors that Chez is just absolutely insane at practice. But I guess coming coming to a I, I guess like race day, were you guys were you guys always just like racing each other? Who's gonna win? Or was there no kind of like a you, you know, know? I think we did a good job. I you got to credit Coach Powell because he really. I, you know, we, we didn't, we never raced in practice. Um, we would work out hard and even those hard races, you know, we were feeling each other out like with a hundred meters to go. Cause you know, when Ed's working out, he's just so easy. He's got like at the very end of the workout, when you're tired, like he's still, you know, he's operating in, at mm-hmm. a different level. He's, he, sure. you can tell he's, he's got gears. Um, but you know, never really, you know, overly competitive in, in the workouts kind of, and when you're in college, as you know, like you've got more opportunities to race, more opportunities to kind of de- like actually race. Um, so, you know, workouts were always pretty controlled. Um, but, it, you know, honestly, like it, it also made racing easier because you know that this guy is the best guy. And so it's just like anytime Ed takes the lead, you just follow him like it's a workout. And so that, you know, you can't really uh overstate how much of a difference that makes when it comes to, to the race day like feeling comfortable just some, something just predictable not, yes and you just know that the you you get a sense of confidence also knowing just that the best guy is your teammate so um it, it, it really yeah it it made me race a lot better and i know it probably made him race better too yeah absolutely um and, and i know one thing that i kind of want your um opinion on is i guess in the 3k at indoor nationals you know cooper tier looked really strong in the race until the last like 50 meters where cool hawker just jv kicked him right there's nothing he could out of nowhere just like beat him at the line but he he was racing right yeah Uh, i wouldn't have blinked an eye blinked an eye blinked an eye blinked an eye that's what i'm looking for i wouldn't have blinked an eye um if they were on the different team but but there was some like controversy of just like oh like he already won a title earlier he should have let him win how how do you feel about that um probably not let him win honestly uh you know it's it's like when you've got that racing instinct like you also it's like what like it's if you're Cole Hawker like you've got a chance to like do this like great double go do that great double you know and also like Cooper's definitely wouldn't even want to win if you're gonna let him win so it's just like that's that's the type of thing um and and like these guys are nasty. Like Cooper's going to have plenty of races. Like, as you've seen, he has been winning a lot of races. Mm-hmm. Like he's a guy that, uh, yeah, like he's going to have plenty more opportunities to win. So it's, it, that, that, that's how it goes. Like, yeah. um, 
you know, every every time you step to the line, you're you're trying to win that race. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, that that was that was my thought process too. We yeah. had we had Cooper on the podcast, and you know, I mean, he he wasn't like he was like naturally bitter, like pure emotionally, but he like understood that you know. For sure, yeah. It's like it especially like Cooper's got like I can't exactly remember the race, but you know, he's almost he's almost. He can, he can feel that win almost. And then to, you know, what getting out kicked is brutal. You know, it sucks. It's going to happen. Yeah. But it's, that's how it goes, you know, mm. um, especially with indoors. It's, you know, if it's, you just got to come across that final turn and get some momentum and it's, it's over like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's sure. how it goes. For sure. Um, so I, I, I guess when you were racing chess, I think you, you won, um, you, you did the double in, uh, in indoor. And then he did yeah. the double and outdoor was, yeah. I mean, I've only beat Ed, you know, as far as the Ed Eric rivalry goes in at, at Oregon, he was smoking my ass. He had a good, he yeah. had my number. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. that, that was fun. Cause that, that was like my freshman year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That, or my, either my freshman year or my senior year, but I, I remember like watching you. No, it was, my, it was my senior year of high school. And that was like my first introduction to like NCAA track. And so that was like, that, that was awesome. You guys were. You know, yeah. That, that was fun. You yeah. guys made it look so easy too. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate that, that much better. All righty. So let's, let's go ahead and uh, get into the next one. Okay. All right. You ready? Let's do it. An Oregon native. This athlete was the university of Portland's very first Harrier to acquire all American status for cross country. Who was this athlete? Oh, wow. This is, this is. Has to do with you. Oh, uh, is it Pete Julian? Pete Julian. Bing. Okay. Boom. There. Pete wow. Julian. That's the Pete. You don't. You know, Pete doesn't bust out the st his stats often, but it's good to hear some. That's a good one. I'd. I'd. Uh, good... I, I had to go into the the uh, while I was doing research. I went into like the archived Oregon project. Um, oh. That's like it's like a an HTML page saved somewhere, and that was that was a stat on it. That's good. That's a that's Shout a good stat. Him. And uh, I guess kind of going off of the, the last question, 2015, kind of like, like, like those few years, once you, once you joined the Oregon Project, you, you were like lighting up those miles. I guess you won the Wanamaker, mm -hmm. uh, you, you won the Fifth Ave. Um, how was it kind of taking that momentum from college into those miles, like upsetting, uh, upsetting Centra within like such a short period of time? You know, it's, it's, it's funny because when I first joined um, it was a big, big, um, a bit of a learning. I mean, as far as the training load goes, it was just so it was, it was hard. It was yeah. a big adjustment. And uh, I mean, when I beat Centro, that was at the very end of the year. Like that was, I had sure. put in so much training, so much speed work, more speed work than I'd ever done more strength, you know, just everything was up a level. Um, and I think that was definitely you'd see some races where I'd struggle in cause it's like, I'd be going in and I'd be feeling pretty dead Yeah. and then races where you thrive. And so it was kind of finding out how I, how, you know, how to handle the training, how to do it, like kind of make that next step from being a, just a really good college athlete mm -hmm. to being a pro. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've always loved the, the miles, the 1500, um, you know, I've raced it pretty shitty like these past couple months, but before that, I, I'm just gonna blame that on the pandemic a little bit. Um, Fair, but I love it. I love the it's a it's a fun a fun event, especially when you kind of consider yourself a 5K guy. You know, there's really no and 
And, and if Impressive. there are two miles to win, those are probably it, you know? <laughs> yes. Those, you know, those are both really, you know, the, the fifth Ave is just such a fun experience. Like it's one of those races, you know, it's very end of the year, no real pressure on you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a road mile just like, so it's, and it's just the very end. Usually everyone goes on their <laughs> summer break immediately after that. Um, That's perfect. So yeah, those are, those are fun, really fun, fun memories. Sweet. And I get, I guess now going into, I guess the, the Pete Julian group. So kind of now you, you're, you're kind of like a, like a super team now, you know, I guess you got, I guess you're training with Suguru and you have, you know, I guess, you know, I, I guess over in Portland, you know, you have Craig and uh, Donovan doing great things. Uh, yeah. How does, I guess, being surrounded by these level of athletes kind of like impact not only your mentality, but just like your training and therefore your fitness. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, I, really the, the the biggest difference is the mental is like when you're just surrounding yourselves with guys like donovan it's a world he's a world champion and like you know you can just feel like everybody's holding themselves to higher standards the expectation isn't you know it, the expectation is high and so when you just set when you just start setting your goals like with the standards that your teammates are doing you just are find yourself at a better level um it was the same when I was training with Centro and I was, you know, you see that type mm-hmm. of mentality. And when the, you know, it's even going back to Oregon, when, at, when you at U of O and the expectation is winning national titles. Yeah. Yeah. Settling for making NCAAs, you know, other schools, it's like, Oh, great job. You got there. And at Oregon, it's like, no, no, you gotta, you gotta win or at yeah, least, yeah. at least try your hardest to win. So it, so being around those guys, that's, it's the same type of attitude. And when, when, even when we're not training together, like the same workouts, even just being at the track and getting like, you know, get, you know, you just see them smashing workouts right. and doing the, the work that it takes to be at that level. So everyone's up in their game. So I, I, I guess you were, you were previously at, uh, at New Hampshire, or not New, sorry, Northeastern, Northeastern. Mm-hmm. Obviously yeah, yeah. you were a big standout there was, was like being on that team. And I'm not, I'm not talking down about it. I'm like, I was on, you know, a team that was, you know, looking to make conference finals, not trying to make uh, national championships. Yeah, um, yeah. It, was being on that team, did that give you more perspective, like going into now you're pretty much at the top? Oh, I, oh totally. I mean, I, I wouldn't have gone to Oregon if I didn't go to Northeastern first. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was like exactly kind of the the level of, of that I was able to handle probably at the time. I, I mean, I didn't go to Northeastern and like, want to succeed at running i just was looking at running honestly as a as a, a door to go to school yeah um and so you know i didn't professional running was not even in my my you know i didn't think of i didn't think i was doing that i mean when i was recruited to northeastern i honestly thought that i wouldn't even do trap i thought i'd go just for cross country that's how dumb i, I was so naive because <laughs> well, i didn't work done, out never, yeah. yeah so i'm like okay, i should do winter track and outdoor track too this might be a deal breaker um so yeah like going to northeastern and and kind of doing well at that and just kind of climbing the ladder through there um and 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 each new you know kind of rung you got to it felt like a big deal and people since the expectations were lower each time you did it was just kind of the right surrounding for me environment to push myself naturally and and be you know find that hunger on my own instead of going to a, a 
you know, program like Oregon and, you know, you know, who knows. You're overwhelmed I mean. potentially. Yeah. And feel, you know, yeah. it's kind of, it's crazy. I remember thinking when I first transferred over, you, you just being in the Oregon locker room with the whole team and the whole team is full of high school superstars. Each one of these guys was, you know, th these is guys who are winning national. the guys who aren't even making the, the cross country team. You know, these are guys that are stars at high school and it's just like, it's a crazy, like crazy environment over right. there. And so you kind of realize that, you know, this is really like, you know, this is the cream of the crop over there. Right. Yeah. I know it's kind of funny. Cause I remember, uh, when, when I, when I first, I guess, like made a national meet, you know, yeah. and I was looking around at everyone in my prelims and I like looked at these guys like superhero robots, you know, it was yeah. like, these yeah. guys are just like different than me. And then like, once you talk to them, hit a cool down with them, you know, like, I was like, wow, these guys make poop jokes too, or, you know, whatever, you know, yeah, it's, like, it's kind of crazy. It's, it's, it really, it's like, everyone's exactly the same when it comes down to it. Honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that was, it's different. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and then, and then right before we go on to the next one, uh, I I'm, I'm personally curious about this. Uh, so I guess world's 2019. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about like the gallery of whatever, but like the Oregon project kind of dissolved overnight on like yeah. the biggest stage, which was nutty. Okay. For yeah. people watching and people had these opinions, whatever, whatever. Um, how is that like, on the on like your side because i know i've heard um clayton murphy talk about it as it is just like like a culture shock of just like you know on the biggest stage you know the number one team the brand that's been built by nike for this many years just like was erased overnight you know it was i mean it, it was crazy i mean so i mean it was crazy. It's a good word yeah um i think i mean it was obviously purposeful you know to drop it at that time and and throw you know, that's the most publicity they're going to get, you know, that's, it makes, yeah. makes sense why they did it. That's what I'm, I guess I'm trying to say. Um, it's also kind of, it was very bizarre for me because I had, I, you know, I, I had ended up tearing my planner in the Prefontaine two mile. And so I, just like that, my season was done. And I was on a, I was on, I was back home on the East coast when that, and that broke you know, I wasn't even, I just turned my phone off airplane mode in the morning to see all this stuff. And I was like, Jesus, you know, Jesus Christ. I had no idea. Really. I didn't see it coming. Um, like, I, like no one did really, but, um, it was, see, and it, that's, it wasn't too big of a deal for me. Oddly enough, it was, you know, it was weird. To, it was weird to see it, but since 2017, I was, you know, coached by, Pete. Sure. And so I didn't have much um contact with Alberto. You know, I'd see him at the track every now and then. Um, and I always, you know, I mean, I've got nothing, you know, positive stuff to say about Alberto in the sense that, you know, he was always nice to me. I know he was an absolute asshole to other people and you know, he was a brutal coach, but I kind of understood that going in, I think, a little bit maybe better than other. I don't know. Um, sure. but you know, I so but that whole falling apart, um, you know, I was, it's, even though I didn't see it coming, it wasn't like too much of my day-to-day -day stuff changed. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, I think, yeah, it, it was sad to see. Um, and, uh, you know, the guys like, you know, you see those world championships and, you know, Craig's in the heat, like the heat of battle, taking fielding questions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, the, that's what I, I, I love that, that about Craig 
is this is this big thing drops and he knows these questions are coming and this is what i think like i'm like look at this is a guy like who's doing it the right way because he is fielding these questions and he knows they're coming but he still hadn't prepared anything he's got <laughs> nothing to hide he's going completely off the cuff like it's fantastic um Oh yeah. So it was unfortunate oh. for those guys, like to be to have to deal with the stress of world championships, which is crazy Nuts. enough, and, yeah. and then also be having to think about this <laughs> in the back of their heads. Um, so that I do feel, I you know, and guys like Clayton, who is actually coached by Alberto, mm -hmm. that's a big, you know, that's a big, you know, as you saw, Alberto gets banned, and you know, he moved, Clayton moves to Ohio, so it's like those are big, you know, big big changes yeah. but for, for me it um almost there was some part of me that felt like i was on the outside looking in a little bit yeah 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 because yeah, that, that that is a tough place to be a tearing you said your planner yeah yeah, yeah. Tear, so tear I was, your planner regardless i would say i mean that probably that probably sucks i would assume um oh, yeah. you know and then i guess having the goals you have but obviously you bounce back great and we're going to talk more about that in a great. second but before we do you ready for the next question? Yeah. All right. All right. All right. I really hope you get this one. I do too. Jeez. If you don't, it's fine. Anyways, I'm not, I'm gonna stop talking. Who was the host of the top rated America's Funniest Home Videos or AFV from 2001 to 2015? Oh man, that's that's a good one. Um. Oh, that's oh. Um. I honestly, I can't, I'm not going to be, I, I know I'm you not. You want me to give you his first name or you have no idea? No, I want you to give me his first name for sure. Tom. Tom. Um, Tom B. Tom Bergeron. Tom Bergeron. There Tom you go. Bergeron. So I would argue he is the most famous guy that's ever lived in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Oh, I, uh, holy, I didn't even know he lived yeah. there. He, he apparently it. did radio in like the 80s in uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Oh, wow. That's great. That's yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good name for Portsmouth. That is. That is. Tom Bergeron. Wow, good one. Tom Bergeron. What, what's it, the population of like 20,000? I think it might be up to, I, I, I want to say 30 sounds Pushing accurate, 30s. But, that's what's but up. But also, I don't know. That's what's up. Yeah. Well, we kind of we kind of touched on this a bit, but what I was most interested about is so you were multiple time state champion in New Hampshire, but mm -hmm. like the times you ran, you know, four sixteen, not bad, um, not bad, not great, but it's yeah, it's the the kids nowadays, it's different plan. Yeah, you you wouldn't even get like you know a walk on spot at Lipscomb now, you know, it's <laughs> nuts, <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> but uh, but what i'm most interested in is is as you were saying like you know you went on the oregon team and everyone had these insane prs when i go through the list of like elite runners or pretty much anyone who has an olympic standards in their high school times usually they ran something nutty usually they yeah. were like good their whole lives um yeah but you as you said you kind of had to the to, to climb the ladder um do you ever reflect on that or is it still just like like looking forward every day you know, I, no, I, I have reflected on that. And I think it's like, I'm glad you bring that up. Cause it's like probably the hardest part of the, like, you know, you get to this point and you still, you know, you're not reflecting on that and like grateful for it every day. You're like, 
damn, I like these guys are running fat. These, you know, I'm still not where I want to be. I still, mm-hmm. when in reality, you know, it's important to, to think about how far you've come. Um, I know I, I do think about that. Um, I mean, it, it's, I just been, I, it's one of those things where I just wasn't taking running. I, I didn't care at all. And I wasn't training until, you know, I mean, I barely, even when I started, you know, getting, you know, pretty good in my senior year, you know, just I, the training was, it was, uh, it was really, I mean, as far as high school goes, it's great because it's like you race every weekend and honestly leave it like every time you race, you, you race hard and then who really cares about training. Right. Honestly. Right. <laughs> That's really what it was. Um, and so yeah, it's, it's been, I love, yeah. Like I really think I, I'm, if I didn't go to Northeastern, like I wouldn't be here. Like it was the right, exactly the right school for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the right environment. And yeah, it's, that's really the key for, for, sure. for everybody is just finding what works for them. And, and another thing I notice, especially um, as far as like longevity of career, you know, you have people who are like still crushing it kind of like, you know, into their, into their late twenties, early thirties. Um, and you ask them like why this is, and, and a lot of the times these guys are like D2, D3. And I think the pattern is, is just like, you know, if you, if you're focusing on something, let's say you took high school completely seriously, you know, and you went to Oregon and you did that completely seriously. How many more like mentally would you yeah. be until you've just like, dude, like, you know, I'm pretty burnt out. Right. For sure. Yeah. I mean, they're really it, like you, it's, it's really not about the work you do, but how you do the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you see a guy like Bernard, like just like being around guys like Bart, Bernard Legat, like when you can have fun, cause a lot of times it's just like, to be able to have fun in training day to day is probably the biggest, you know, to be able to just grind out big weeks and not get stressed out, right. have fun, look forward, you know, to look forward to the next day. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a tough, you know, that's what creates longevity, um, staying healthy. Like, and you, so it's like, I, I think you are going to see guys run later. Like I've, I'm, you know, I mean, I always thought when I was at Oregon in like 2015, you know, like I'll probably run till I'm like, you know, early thirties, but I'm right now I'm almost 30. And I've never, like, I actually like right now never felt better. And so it's like, I think you're going to see guys probably still, you know, be able, you know, some guy, you know, and it's one of those things also that you never know when your body's going to say, all right, like we're, we're done. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I, I, I never, I've never felt better right now, but who knows in a year, two years, maybe it's just like, you never really know. So it's really about appreciating what you got and um, just waking up and just trying to go for that next run. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, cause like, you know, I, I, I was kind of one of those guys who took high school, like incredibly seriously, you know, like even yeah. like my freshman year in high school, like, you know, I wouldn't mess around. I would, I would like eat healthy as like a 14 year old and like yeah. grind on these runs. And that was like my whole purpose. Right. And so I did have a good high school career. You know, I ended up breaking 150. That was like, you know, good for me, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then going to college, thankfully Georgia tech, I love the team and I'm looking forward to practice a lot. And then I had, you know, the pro career, unfortunately my first year of, of pro was in the quarantine and yeah, it kind of made me reflect on, you know, exactly what we're talking about. It's like the yeah. importance of like enjoying practice and whatnot. And, you know, I kind of got beaten and, you know, I had a, a good, a good stint of uh, a few years and, you know, I mean, it, it, it was, it was time for me to, you know, 
to stop, look for something else. But in that same way, you know, it's like, I'm very, I'm very thankful for what I've done and looking back, you know, I don't really have any regrets, you know? Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I mean, that, that, that makes me excited for you. You know, the fact that you've really had this slow progression and a lot of the times with everything in life, you know, get, you know, get rich, quick schemes don't work and get rich, you know, get quick. Anything usually doesn't work, you know? Yeah. And, and, and it's, and also it's, you know, you, a lot of times when you've had success for a while, like, up until, you know, the last couple of years, like I had just been, I had never really stagnated too much. I just like kept get like, I felt like I was just going to keep getting better every year. And then so to, to, and then as every runner goes through, like, you're going to have, you're going to have some injuries. And like a lot of times for me, I was having just such a tough time getting off, you know, getting off that injury train and mm -hmm. just, you know, and so, you know, over the past two couple of years, it's, you know, you, you start looking at yourself almost as a different athlete in a, in a lot of ways. You're like trying Absolutely. to, it's finding that momentum, finding like that, that what it takes to win a race when you haven't in a while, it can be, it can be tough to find yeah, that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been great, but it's, yeah. it, yeah, like just trying to have not feel, trying to approach the sport in a positive way. Mm -hmm. And like, and just trying and not really, because you don't want to get burnt. Like you can't get burned out. Like, you know, whoever lines up and is the happy, honest to God, it's like whoever lines up and has had the best training, but also like feels like they haven't been training the hardest mentally. They're the ones who are going to fucking win. Like the guys that are able to get like, who aren't dreading the end of the season. Cause they've been training so hard and all, and it's those, those are the guys that, you know, are, are going to do well. Yeah, I agree. Cause I know even physiologically, uh, cortisol, the stress hormone, it, uh, inhibits muscle growth. So, you know, yeah. For those non-believers yeah. who just think for we're those, talking hippie talk. For those, those non-believers that don't believe in inflammation, go to hell. <laughs> yeah. Go to hell, dude. Eat some <laughs> fucking greens, man. Or whatever. <laughs> All right. This next one. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready, dude. With a time of 26 minutes and 17 seconds, this is the wheelchair world record for what event? Oh, man. That's a tough question. Because um, you got ration, rational this one now. Rational. Yeah, now. Wow, wow. Um, I'm going to say over 10K, but I just, I, I'm going to say the 15k or the 20k it's about you oh it's about um but but the 10k it's the 10k <laughs> I, I don't know you were why. overthinking oh, that one there I was, oh, well hold on i was thinking i was like i feel like i could i've seen these wheelchair people fly and so they i was fly. like yeah and i was like i feel and i guess that i know 26 15 is obviously incredibly fast but i'm thinking <laughs> I could get this baby pumping <laughs> yeah. high, high, high MPH, right? High horsepower in that bad boy. <laughs> wow, I overthought the shit out yeah. of that. Nice. And, and and I even heard that the the next Nike Super Shoe, the prototype, it has wheels on it. So you know, maybe uh, maybe we'll be running. Yeah, maybe six, high schoolers will run that soon enough. Six carbon plates, a little bit of foam, and an engine. Yeah, if, that's if right. You, if I if I can't break sub thirteen with an engine, then <laughs> no. I gotta hang it up. 
Right. Yeah. They, they, they were saying that this is going to allow 13 year olds to break 10 in the hundred. So uh, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nike, Nike got the technology, man. Yeah. Nike's got it. <laughs> they got, they got the spikes, baby. <laughs> they do. So the 10 K this is exciting for, uh, Mr. Eric Jenkins for a few reasons. So I feel like the 10 K, although for whatever reason, people don't like to watch it. I like to watch it sometimes. Yeah. All right. I like to watch the last two laps, you know, and going, uh, going into the trials, I think the 10 K is a, a great event. Cause you have, you obviously you have the Bowerman who, who cares, whatever. Who cares? And, and then, uh, Ben true, which is nuts that he ran as fast as he did. Cause you know, we were talking about like burnout. He was a footlocker yeah. champ in 2003. I was about to say, yeah, talk about, he's a guy who's continued to like have that good longevity. I mean, and what's good. And Ben, like anytime you're in a race with with him, you know, he's going to be up there. Like he's not a guy that he always runs hard. He always is up there like fighting for the win. So it's been, yeah, that's, it's been wild to see like him. And he's showing like, you can, you can like, it really, like, you can keep going. Like, doesn't matter the age. Like, if you're feeling good, you're you're feeling good. For sure. For sure. And, and peaking at the age of, what, like, 35? That's awesome. Good for him. Yes. It's like, he really waited long. Like, strong move to peak at 35. But, like... He's trying to I sneak mean, up on people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's trying to play. Yeah, he's <laughs> playing a 35-year-old energy. That's right. That's right. He's going to be on the podium with, like, three kids, you know? One of those. He, yeah. The, the Jared Ward. Jared Ward you gotta love to see it so and also I guess something special about the the 10k with Eric Jenkins is I remember you said in a podcast that you know you in 2016 you were hyped up for the uh for the 10k but you know something weird about that event is it's really not about like who wants it most like training you know the buffer of good day to bad day is big compared to yeah. the 800 where it's like one or two seconds um yeah kind of like 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 mentally um how are you kind of going into this with, you know, I guess obviously you've had good training. You said you feel good. Are you just trying to keep that going into this race? I mean, this race is, I, I, I really like how I, like how I kind of feel going into this race just because it, I, I'm going to be ready for any type of, any type of race. You know, I, I, if there are guys there who are, you know, maybe there's, cause not everyone's got the standards. So maybe there are guys who are, in, who are going to go in with some team tactics and be like, Hey, look, let's try and go get standard um honestly i'd love that i'd love for a fast race um and then at the end of the day i also think like really you know no i've got good closing speed and and um for know sure. that i can pick with these guys um but it's 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 the field stacked um you know these guys are running great the bowerman guys are going to be there obviously Klecker's running great ben true hillary Bort, all these guys you know there's a number of ways it could play out um so it's, re- it's really just going in there and uh, um, I've got, you know, the, the confidence and the experience of running a good 10 K in December and sure. knowing what that felt like and um, kind of knowing, you know, g- going through the, that experience once before. So um, yeah, we'll just, it, it really, it just comes down to, you know, trying to relax and, and trust in the experience. For sure. You have, you know? For sure. For sure. Um... And I, I guess also um, going back to last trials, it, it's kind of weird when I, when I observe like, you know, the people who got, you know, fourth place in any event. And obviously fourth place for you was a huge comeback. 
um, yeah. having a tough 10 K with, cause you know, dealing with failure is hard nonetheless, but within the span of a few days on the biggest stage that takes, you know, a lot of mental toughness. Um, but you know, I, I mean, even the, uh, the, I guess the, 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 the president of ATC, the, the club I was at, you know, he made his Olympics after getting fourth the year before. Um, mm. Does that add any pressure or are you just, it just doesn't matter. You have to do what you have to do. Um, you know, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I definitely felt a lot of pressure 2016. Um, I felt like, you know, that was like both, you know, both teams were my team to make. Um, I felt like I was ready for it. Um, so I, I was, that's a, you brought up, you know, me coming fourth in the 5k in 2016. It almost, it really did feel like, like I wasn't, I was disappointed obviously, but at the same time, it was not as disappointing as the 10, you know, the 10 K was just like, you know, I, it was a big swing and a miss. Mm-hmm. So to cut, so that I was re, you know, to find the momentum and look good in the prelim and then be like, Oh shit, you know what? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not out yet. Like sure. I, can, I can still make this team. That was just making the final and running well, even though I came up short, um, you know, it wasn't that it was tough. It was, but at the same time, it's not, it's only as tough as, as you make it, you know, For like sure. the, all the pressure is really the pressure you're putting on yourself. You know, mm-hmm. nobody's going to, no one cares as much as you care. Um, so it's, it's, it's important to, to know that. For sure. Um, so, but, and also I made the team the next year and that was, a, yeah. that was, that was big. And, um, and I believe I would have made in 2019 it, had all things gone, gone well, but um, it's, it's, it's such a hard thing to do is make the, the, these U S teams now. Absolutely. And, um, which is great. It, it makes it, it makes everybody bring it a little bit harder. Um, and it shows like, you know, when you got to line up against guys like, you know, Chalimo, these guys are world, these guys are winning medals. So, you know, you have to really, really bring your yeah. game just to yeah. make the team. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I'm so excited for you. You know, that, that's one of the, I feel like this year is is going to be one of the most exciting Olympic trials for a few reasons, you know. One, I mean, Olympic trials are always exciting because, you yeah. know, it's just like, you know, it's hard for a reason, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like if it if it was easy, like it wouldn't mean anything. If it was like kind of hard, it wouldn't mean anything. But the fact that it's just this difficult means it's just like such an awesome opportunity to be even lining up there. Yeah. As well as all the momentum from, you know, the quarantine to now, you know, people getting just mentioned it's a mental roller coaster. And so for the fans, uh, I'm super excited. And, you know, you know, no matter yeah. what happens, you know, it'll be, it'll just be, you know, awesome to watch. Absolutely awesome. Yeah. To watch. I'm really yeah. excited for you. I, I remember I re- Craig was actually saying like, dude, even he was like, no matter what happens, like at least it's here. Like, because it's in a way we've been training it for like two years and it's just been this weird prolonged sure. thing. So yeah, it's, it's going to be, um, it's going to be a great meet and, uh, yeah, everyone's looking good at the right time. Because it's good thing. It's not like, what what was it like? What was the Russia Olympics? It was like the 86 Olympics. Um, was that, yeah, 86 or 82 maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But I feel like, uh, like if it was canceled, I feel like everyone we know would say, oh, I would have gone to the Olympics if it wasn't for the coronavirus. Because the amount of people I've met who would have been just like, yeah, you know, I was like a good in track, you know, I would have been an Olympian if it wasn't, oh, you yeah. know, for the damn Russians, I, I feel like everyone I've met, you know, like 
I've heard that so many times. Building that up. I mean, it's it. It's an easy thing to toss around when there's when, when yeah. Because <laughs> and and if it did get canceled, I'd probably say the same thing. I I, I mean I would too, and you know I'm not even running anymore. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. All right. So now to get on a little lighter topic, we yeah. got a we got a, a new question. It's not even like a trivia question. It's a finish this lyric. All right. Oh wow. Okay, I like this. All right. All right. All right, I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna do my best. I'm not much of a singer. I'm not much of a performer, but you know, I'm not afraid to fail. Just like Eric here, I'm not afraid to fail. That's great quality. All right. Yeah, I always gotta work hard. Gotta get it in. I don't want this average life just settling. Famous is something I ain't never been. Coming up to your front door, music blank. Let me in. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's a, yeah. what's the name? Was that's a Ricky Roxford song? Ricky right? Roxford. That's a Ricky Roxford original. I honestly, at first, I wasn't quite, and then, and then I realized my mistake on the last question. And I was like, Eric, it's got something to do with you. <laughs> it got something to do with and you. And then I was like, I know exactly where. where you know, I, I you know this was coming. You know this was I know, coming. I, yeah, yeah, I knew. The that's Ricky coming. Roxford. This is one of the most legendary. Uh, you know, pieces of art I've ever seen a runner produce. Nigel Amos tried his hand at rap. No one cared. All right. He's, he? flat. He's washed up. That's right. Yeah. But Ricky Roxford, you know, people still talk about him, you know? I mean, Ricky Roxford, that's, I can't, I think that's 2000. Man, I mean, I was, I was doing this shit like a decade ago, my man. <laughs> yeah, man. Come on, <laughs> like, dog. I was out, uh, come on. I was out in the, in the middle of Roxbury in Boston yeah, recording, recording music it, videos. Man. Come on, like, you know, you gotta step it up. So coming up from like, the mud, you know. <laughs> like really, like coming up. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I still hear like a good amount. Like you'll, I'll be in the. I mean, Ricky, it's just one of those things. The high school guys are gonna eat that shit up every oh, day of the all week. The, time. the funniest part is you watch that music video, and it was like this guy thought he, like it yeah, wasn't like guy, shot with the iPhone. You know, you got this, special effects. This guy, this guy, like, was really like he was really thought he could do it, which I, right. which is adorable. <laughs> it's, it's adorable. It's how how it couldn't be more white middle class to be I like know. I actually can make it as a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's my that was I was like I could fucking do this. Like you know Mac Miller's blonde. You know you got your so you're like and that's a, that's about where the list ends. But that's you know. about where that's about where like the. <laughs> the yeah. white dudes like me less ends but i was like yeah that's so, but ricky roxford something i you know i hear about it all the time so it's, yeah, it's like it's funny yeah yeah dude. what was the reason you stopped was it the fact that you're just a skinny white guy um well so, class trying to make, was that <laughs> was yeah. it a pr issue it was a well you gotta also understand my my coach at the time at northeastern was like what the hell <laughs> is going on and i'll I'll let you, uh, I mean, yeah, no. And there also, there was, that's, that video was the edited version. There was an unedited. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Um, And so my coach is like, you're out, you can't, you're out of your mind if you think you're going to keep doing this. Dude. And I was like, dude, I'm going to make it, man. (laughs) I'm going to make it, dog. No, I, yeah. No. But, yeah, it was. (laughs) 
for, for, for real though, I remember it was my freshman year. Um, we, we had a, a group that was trying to gonna break the, break the DMR school record. So I went yeah. to Notre Dame, you know, we did the, did the Notre Dame. We broke the school record. And the first thing we did afterwards was record a rap song about it. And it was called Notre Dame, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I got to pull up some lines. There were some dude, funny dude, lines. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta drop that video, man. Don't be shy. I do. It, it yeah. was solid. Um, <laughs> I, I remember, I remember one bar from it. It was, uh, it was mid D flexing in the second section going so fast. You might get a chess erection. Oh, that's, oh, that's fantastic. That was one of the bars in there. Yeah. Uh, that that's hard as hell, man. It's hard dog. Wordplay. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So no, no respect. No, I, I got, I mean, I, I, I'm on TikTok, so I, I, you know, I got all the cringy stuff in the universe out there. So, oh yeah, there there's nothing. I'm not scared of nothing. I'm not scared of nothing. So I respect, you know, great. Thank you. Great. You know, whatever. Thank, yeah. Yeah. You understand the Ricky Roxford movement. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then kind of twisting this question a little bit to get back into a real interview question. So we were talking about you got, you got many years uh, left in running, you know, but obviously, you know, you're a multidimensional man. You got, you got different passions. Have you ever thought about what, I guess, like however many years in the future of what that, what that chapter may hold? Yeah, I have thought. you know, I, you know, I, I, I think a lot of people think like, Oh, like one of the next pro progressions you've seen is like coaching. Um, I do like the idea of it. Um, I guess I, you know, I don't really know where like I'd see myself, you know, I, I can't qu quite, say you know what that would mean it haven't thought about it too much but i would love the idea of coaching um yeah. on some level you know and, and who knows how long for but um i think i i think i do pretty well with it and i think i've you know seen a lot of different coaching styles a lot sure. of different backgrounds and you know everybody when you're my age whether you realize it or not like you've got your own tr coaching training for like training philosophy yeah, whether it's exactly. just for yourself whether it's, you know, just certain ways you do things on race, like we're coming up on race, it's things like that. Um, so, you know, maybe in five, you know, in a few years to come, I, I can see myself coaching. Yeah, yeah, 10 years, you know, who knows? But yeah, uh, yeah I, I'd like to coach at some point. So yeah, staying in the sport, you know. Yeah, and, and you know, also you never know, like maybe in five, maybe in four or five years who who knows whenever i'm retiring like maybe i'm done with the sport and i'm like you know what i'm gonna step away for maybe a little bit longer um yeah. it's hard to really say because as of right now you know i'm just i am so invested in this and it is you know kind of yeah you, you don't um, need to think about it yeah yeah but that's it's a good it's a it's a good idea because mm -hmm. because i know I, i've said this on the podcast before um but the, the the guy i was talking well sorry this is a different guy but there's this guy named uh, Stephen Holmes who uh who made the olympic team in like 1992 or whatever and yeah. he had an insane career ran like 13 or 331 in the 1500 you know traveled oh, wow. did a bunch of good stuff but when he retired he decided to completely get away from the sport and like uh got his masters at uh at, at like upenn and is now yeah. like an executive at uh vanguard making like a couple billion oh, wow. dollars yeah that's see, and and the well also what's kind of funny is like a lot of times like the stereo like runners are often like the nerd are the smart ones who are like crushing it in school. So it's like, um, you're going to see like, you know, you know, guys retire and, and they're going to take big, cause wasn't the guy who invented Airbnb. Wasn't he, he was a runner. Really? 
I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure one of the original um, founders of, of, of Airbnb was was a, a pretty serious runner. Um, but yeah, oh yeah, also yeah, and also you make a lot of te- like connections along the way in the sport, and so for sure, you know, if, if you have some 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 business savvy, you know, a lot of times you can play play your cards right. For sure. Well, enough of that. So we're we're gonna go to the number again. Call, text, whatever. The number is 646-780-9218. And this week's question is from a 205 area code. Just text it in. Hey, guys. Huge fan of the show. Non-running related question. I know we've all had those moments where you did something awkward that no one remembers, but you can't stop cringing about it for years. What was one of those moments for you? Thanks. Again, love the show. Oh, man most embarrassed embarrassing moments that i cringe at years later that's a um you know i don't so i I mean of course like anybody um i've done a ton of embarrassing shit i mean i still think honestly like the the stuff that makes me me, i don't have anything that i'm like holding on to for years that i thought was really embarrassing i think the little things like missing a handshake in front of a lot of people who had track meets especially yeah it's, it's one of those things that I actually can't believe I'm still, I'm like, am I actually, I still can't like, <laughs> I'm like I'm still fucking up daps and it's not yeah. me. I'm never going to blame me. I'm always blaming the other white guy, not me. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. the guy that not like little things like that. Like when you fuck up a handshake in public, I'm like, that ruins my day. Oh man. But like, I've, I've had some, like some big stuff like in middle school, but again, I recovered from it. I you're, didn't you're in, let you're in, you've passed recovery, you know. I didn't let it embarrass me. I didn't <laughs> get stuck on me. But like what one thing that makes me be like, I can't even I can't believe that happened was in middle school ski club. You know, what club? The ski club. We were ski skiing. club. Got you. Ski got club. You. We didn't have that. We did, didn't have did that. I grow up in a, you know, ski club is such a middle class white dude. Um, <laughs> Ricky, you know, coming from the mud, Ricky Roxford, Ricky Roxford ski club. dude. <laughs> um, but on the, so I think what ended up happening, like, I think I was either, I got a concussion, I think skiing and on the ride back, I threw, I was, I felt nauseous. Oh man. And I want to say I'm in seventh grade, maybe the most bold, like the delicate, delicate years, the, oh, yeah. the, like, that's where the emotional trauma is getting ingrained in you. Like you are setting up friendship circles throughout high school, all that right. stuff. Doing pull-ups in front of girls, you know? Oh yeah. And ski club was like the place where you joined because like the bus rides were crazy and you were trying to make out with people on, <laughs> yeah. the, on the way there. Oh, and yeah. you know, it was, it was hyped up. And on the ride back, I had, I was like, Oh, I, I feel, I feel bad. And I, I, I had, I went to stand up. I'm in like the middle of, I'm probably in the middle of two chicks, honestly. Club, baby. <laughs> I stand up and I start, I just start throwing up. Oh my and, gosh. And I throw up directly onto this cute girl right in front of me, her head. I start throwing up in her head, dude. And <laughs> oh then instead of going to the bathroom, I sit down and I start throwing up into my shirt like and i'm just collecting it and people are like holy sh-, like jesus christ dude eric's eric is eric's never gonna recover from oh my god and sure enough i did dude 
You're here now, man. I'm here now. And like, like if that was high school, I would have been like, oh, I'm fought. I like that. You, that's oh my god. That's, like See, that's a hard image to get out of your head. But I, next day, screw it, dude. Say something in my face. <laughs> screw it. And that's that's one of the things about this question. They said something awkward that no one remembers. I'll tell you right now, that lady who got thrown up on will never forget that as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, just, no I just remember her being like, is that? And then she like looks up. And also like, you got to oh, think. Like, God. I think like at the time, you know, middle school, I was like, I don't think I, I was probably like four feet, like four foot five, honestly. I was oh, tiny. Man. And I'm just throwing up on chicks heads oh, and man. expecting that I'm going to make out with them on the same bus ride back. Man. That's yeah. But that's hey, tough. That's tough to recover from. It's tough, but you know, it's those hard moments that you know that's right. that that make you shine a little bit brighter. So we, we got this question, and uh, for me, it got me thinking. Okay, and this is a story. Equally in middle school, I was in sixth grade this time. This is something that is so cringe for me personally that I don't think I've ever told anybody. Oh, except wow. my dad was there. He knows. Okay. Oh my god. So I went to a school called uh, called Cornerstone. Okay. And it was a school, I mean, in my class, there were around 15 people. Okay. So okay. in middle school, I mean, it was just because we were hippies. We were hippies back yeah. then. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. And then we were all, it's, a, it's like a, it's a Montessori school. It pretty much, except yeah. instead of like studying, we just dig, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, so it's hippie school. So I, I had the idea, and this was like pure Bieber hair. Bieber hair. I had the Bieber hair. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to dye my hair green. And so literally, and my mom was supportive. So I just asked her like, hey, mom, can I dye my hair green? And she was like, yeah, sure. And so she literally books this like $70, uh, maybe even more than that, like appointment at like a legit salon. And I go oh, there wow. looking like a little doofy. I was like, I want my hair green. Do what you do. And yeah. so I, I have pictures. I want to, I, I, I sometimes post them on, uh, on Instagrams. They're so funny. But I pretty much have this bowl cut. And it's this like highlighter, like blonde green hair, just, just bold around my head, pretty much. I wow. thought it was the coolest thing of all time. Okay. Yes. So I did that. I post a picture on, on Facebook, you know, cause I was big on Facebook back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah probably yeah. the best time when Facebook peaked, which is around like 2009, you know, everyone was Facebook just, when Facebook peaked, it peaked so damn hard. It did. Oh my God. Just like having stat, having statuses, just like, uh, uh, like I'm sweaty or something, you know, just, oh, yeah. you'd post anything. It was like a combination of like, like really intimate, like Twitter, like Instagram, you'd go like a night out would end up with, you tagged in 48 insanely in like inappropriate oh, pictures and you're like beautiful this stuff is you know people beautiful. are just making captions for absolutely no reason you know yeah it's oh, like yeah. uh just got back home from school you know like no one cares yeah two likes anyway, so i posted that it was a good picture and i go and i go the next day driving driving to school and so i'm sixth grade i'm a man at this point right and yeah. I legit have one of the biggest breakdowns of my whole life. It's me and my dad and my dad's, it's not like we have, you know, at this point he was like a, you know, macho man. I want to impress my dad. I just started bawling with this fucking green hair, just crying. Like I cannot go to school like this. I cannot go to school like this, dad. There's no fucking way I'm going to school. And he's just like, dude, I got to go to fucking, I got to go to work. Like <laughs> just shut up with your green ass hair. You fucking you weirdo. And I, I don't stop. I fucking thrown a fit. Like I'm like shaking. I'm so mad. I've never cried so much in my life. Okay. 
And eventually I make him turn around so I can get a hat so I can cover it up. And so I, we, we go back and I get, it's one of those, like, you know, as Spencer's, you get one of those flat brimmed Ninja Turtle hats. Yeah. It was one of those. And so uh, I was literally crying harder than I ever have in my whole life, sixth grade. And the only thing that made me happy was this little green Ninja Turtle hat that I put on my hat, my head sideways. And I remember the first thing I did back in that car is I took a selfie of myself and I still have that selfie to this day. I, I don't even know how to describe myself. I was like, you know, I was making waves of fashion and then I go to school and have a great day. But just, I just remember thinking back of like, if, if I were anybody and there is this shithead sixth grader with green hair screaming at the top of his lungs that he, that he just wanted to wear a hat. Like I would, I would, I would, you know, set him on, I don't know. I'd set him on fire. I'd, I'd throw him out the window. I'd be like, you make this guy stop. Let's ship him out to sea. You know, I, I really like how, you know, you were so confident about it. The, like the first day you got it and you Stage were flexing break. it on social, on Facebook. <laughs> and it's like that, like, and then you really against yourself. You really couldn't fall. Cause it's like, if you just prance through that door, you know, if you were like, I'm pulling it the fuck off, I know. you're pulling it off. But now I got this green hair and I'm, and I'm nervous. Right. Yeah, I'm no, like, I know. It, yeah. You just, it was the chink in your armor and you're like, this I, guy can't out let, of here. I, I can't let it. No, <laughs> this guy and you can't here. show any weakness in sixth or seventh grade. Uh -huh. Like this is no, it's just a bunch. Everyone's a bunch of hyenas in there. <laughs> they are. It's, it is absolute. Like it's just a mental playground. Like, right. The, the strong survive in middle school. If you don't I'll, survive middle school, it's not going to set you up well for high school. No, because I'll argue, like, girls are probably the biggest deal. Like, they matter the absolute most from sixth to eighth grade where you're maybe not even talking to them, you know? Oh, yeah. It's it like, was if, like if you get a hug, you're, you you know, you've nailed it for the day. Oh, yeah. It, it was like, oh, and you were, like, telling your boys, you're like, yeah, like, I, like I got, you know, like, she gave me, like, a really tight hug. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, you know, I, I have to imagine. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to speak too early, but I have to imagine sex is like in my near future. So, you know, I guess yeah. I guess you could say I had a great day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's no. That's that's yeah. Girls in sixth, sixth through eighth grade. It's and also like think about how much of a nightmare. Like I always think like being a middle school teacher sounds like just like thinking about how like dealing with me. And oh like as God. a sixth grader and like, no, it's, and the fact that you can't hit kids. Yeah. And it's God, not like, it's not like yeah, teaching even not. matters. Like you don't learn anything in middle school. You're, You're not learning shit, dude. No. Like, I'm dumb as a doornail. And yeah. it's just like, no, you're just, you're not learning anything from the, you're learning about the, the personal relationships and you're learning yeah. how to kind of like gingerly step through the world of, of your peer group. For sure. The but, do's and don'ts. Yeah. You're not, I'm not, but so I'm not social studies. I couldn't tell you one thing, dude. I, I couldn't tell you a thing I learned in middle school ever ever but <laughs> abolish I, abolish middle school <laughs> yeah abolish middle school get them out of here defund middle school you know what we should do yeah we should we should invest in some like cryotechnology and whenever kids like get the age of 10 just like put them in a freezer just hit yeah. the timer wait three years <laughs> let them back out <laughs> well even like think about it even like on a simpler term like there are days when it's just like a teacher should have just froze me out for the day Oh. Just been like, like if, like put me in the freezer, hit freeze, twelve hours, 
Yeah. I, just, I just I just naturally no one, off throughout no the day. No one should deal with you. No one. No one. No <laughs> poor soul who's getting paid the amount they're getting paid should have to put up with the verbal onslaught yeah. that I was put. This, that this I was little five foot shithead with Bieber and Bieber hair, green hair, cr- balling his eyes out for something he did himself. You know. Oh yeah, like like, like they should. I, there's. Do? I used to have. Um, and again, like this is, you know, shit, I could get, I could get canceled for this now, <laughs> oh, but, dear. but, but back then, you know, I like when you're, when you're a white guy from like from middle class, you like want to be black so bad. And so it's like, there was this picture of me and I like, I'm in a, the shirt would have, would have fit and not even that snug. It would have fit him properly. Shaquille O'Neal. Oh my god! And it's a it's a black it's a black power T-shirt. Oh man! Uh, like it, it's just like the fit like uh, the the raised fist and <laughs> and in the background is Africa and with the Rastafarian colors. And wow. I had I had you know hair past my eyes you know <laughs> with the beaver flick and in the pic and I've got like so much energy I've. I've got like a lock. I got like an underbite lock jaw going. Like I'm out of control. And it was like, somebody should have tranquilized me. Yeah. And it was like, I was just being let loose on the poor faculty oh, and yeah, student. Send him to the farm, dude. Yeah. Send, honest to God, dude, let, let that guy dig holes. Yeah, dude. <laughs> give him, uh, give him some like apples to pick, you know, like. Give him a few gala apples to tie yeah. it all in. Give him a few gala apples. Let him you know that down. Good. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah. Those are the days. Those are the days I'll never forget. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I ended up, I ended up, you know, having some good years down and down in eighth grade because I, uh, I, uh, I had my growth spurt like when I was like 12, like, yeah, probably 12. And so I was six, one in eighth grade. Oh, you couldn't huge. touch me. That's you couldn't huge, tell me dude. nothing. That's see, like, see that that's, see i can't even in a way relate to you at all like <laughs> like i was you know i didn't i don't think i hit five foot until maybe my sophomore year of high school maybe i yeah i think i grew five inches from so i went from like five two to five nine over the course of like two like maybe like a year and a half honestly yeah um <laughs> so i had to i had to figure out how to tear people apart verbally you got the personality and, you know yeah, you developed the personality. It, it developed the personality. I wouldn't have mind if you know I shot a maybe an inch or two higher, but like you know what, <laughs> you take what you know, it, it all balances. That's itself true. Out. That's true. Because you know they have this saying of you know if you were like if you were attractive and like from uh, up until age fifteen, like if you were hot in middle school, like you're pretty much like you have the personality of like Siri. You know, like you don't yes. have any skills. People flock to you. You don't need you don't need them. I mean, you you you'd need them now. But when you were in middle school and you were the talk of the town, and if you were the hot chick, hot dude all through high school, anything. you can do, you could get away with murder for you could sake. murder somebody. You yeah. could murder, and I know plenty of attractive people getting away with murder. I'll say it. Anyway, <laughs> That's right. Uh, it's just everyone loves attractive people. I know, but, man. You know, and it's a, it's just how we are. It's how we are. It's the beauty of it. It's the beauty it's, of it. It really is. Well. I, I'm glad that I'm glad that question evolved into what it was. That, that was, was good. That, that was, was really good. Well, <laughs> well, 
I think I think that's about all the time we have, Eric. Thank you so much for getting on this podcast. That was tons of fun. Dude, thanks um, for having me. I'd love to look. I'll, I'll invite myself back. We should do it again. That was a great dude, time. Let's we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it as many times as we need. We'll, yeah. we'll get to the bottom <laughs> yeah. of it because I feel like we figured some things out. You know. Yeah, we were just cracking the surface. We were really getting. Yeah, we could really get. <laughs> I think so. I think I think we should we should get on middle schoolers to this podcast so we can. Just give them our advice. Just tell them bet, that, hey, sixth grader, if you're attractive, kill somebody, you know, give them some advice. If you're ever thinking about murdering someone, now I would say <laughs> now is it, no yeah. we should, we'll, like, we'll bring on next show, I get back here, we'll bring on five middle schoolers That's and we'll right. just see where it goes. See where we'll, it's probably yeah. going to be great. We're it, probably going to could get us in trouble but it could also be absolute gold content so we'll it just could. i guess we'll we'll, we'll try and steer it. that into the yeah. we'll figure it out <laughs> for sure well, well yeah thanks for having me man it was great absolutely fun. absolutely again the number uh, is 646-780-9218 call text anything give us a five-star review if you don't give us a five-star review i will you will see me at your house all right thank <laughs> you so much